Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Andrew Brooks from Talking Cursive Brewing Company. I've wanted to have Andrew on the podcast for quite some time. I've thought about it. A lot of times when I go there, I see an Instagram post, I think to myself, I need to invite Andrew to come down and be a guest on the podcast. I want to learn more about him, about their business, how they got started, and I finally invited him down. I'm really happy that I did. It came about, uh, for those of you who don't know this about our business, about Eat Local New York, we have, we sell a membership card. It's sort of like a membership card. It's a discount card. It's a plastic card you keep in your wallet. And um, uh, yeah, you buy the card for $20. And then whenever you go out to eat at one of the participating restaurants or coffee shops or breweries or food trucks... If you spend $25 or more, you just flash your card and you get $5 off your bill. And you can use that card as many times as you want for an entire year. Every year we have a new card that comes out. Um, we actually were launching the next 2021 card. Uh, it's going to be coming out here in October. And we're really excited about that. We have 125 restaurants and food businesses that accept this card all around central New York. Um, and soon to be all over New York State. So we're really happy and excited about that card. And you can learn more by going to eatlocalnystate.com. Uh, you can also go to the old website, eatlocalcmy.com. Anyways, Talking Cursive is one of the many participating restaurants on that card. Part of all the restaurants being on the card is we reach out to them periodically and just check in and see how they're doing. Especially we started during we started doing this during covid uh, during quarantine, but we just want to check in with them, see how they're doing, see if there's anything that we can do to help them uh, primarily push more business their way. And in those conversations, we had reached out to Andrew and just asked like, hey, you know, somebody who accepts this card, what do you think? What have you noticed? Should we? What, what would help you out? What could we do better that would help the participating businesses? So he came out with some, he had some great ideas for us. Um, and I just wanted to invite him down, be on the podcast, introduce him to everyone so you could learn more about him and the business at Talking Cursive. They make some of, uh, well, they make some amazing beers. I always say that it's everything that I have is some of my favorite, and I feel bad about that. But genuinely, if you remember the episode with Steve Samuels, we had uh, Bobby fans or people too, and I love that beer. And, um, well, that's that. So I really think you're going to enjoy this podcast and this conversation. Andrew's a very interesting guy, and I really already want to have him down again to ask him all the questions that I forgot to ask him in this episode. Our sponsors for this week's episode are Gearhar's Equipment, Gearhar's Restaurant Equipment and Supplies over at 220 Teal Ave. I've said it before, if you're in the industry and you're in central New York and you're not buying from Gearhar's, there may be something wrong with you. Uh, it's a great local company, been in business for 51 years, and they do everything that a restaurant or food service operation, a kitchen, a school, cafeteria, you name it, if it involves food and beverage, then really you can get anything and everything you need from them, from designing your picture perfect and best functioning kitchen or dining room to buying your equipment, your smallwares, your supplies, uh, getting your equipment fixed and getting the parts that you need and just anything and everything you can imagine they do there. And if you're not in the restaurant industry, you're just somebody likes to cook at home, still head down to Gearhars because you can buy anything that you could need at a commercial lever at a commercial lever at a commercial level or not. 
residential level as well. I buy a bunch of stuff there. It helps that I work there. Uh, so it's easy for me to buy stuff there because why would I go anywhere else? It's, I'm right there 40 hours a week. Anyways, head down, check them out. You can find them on social media, Gear Equipment on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and uh, what else? Facebook, I think I said that, YouTube. Uh, but you can also head to their website, gearhardsequipment.com uh, or gearhardsupplies.com if you'd like to go there and make some purchases of smallware items. Great company, local company. Go check out Gearhars. Also, another very important sponsor of today's podcast are our friends over at the Peaks Coffee Company. If you haven't been there yet, do yourself a huge favor. Go check them out. They're on East Genesee Street. PeaksCoffeeCo.com is their website. Great local coffee shop. Delicious coffee. Husband and wife team running the show. I can't say enough about them. I love them. You'll love them. Check out PeaksCoffeeCompany.com. PeaksCoffeeCo.com. That's what it is. Anyways, without further ado, here is this week's episode of my conversation with Andrew Brooks. Well, thanks for coming down. I'm sitting here with Andrew Brooks, brewer, owner, one of the owners at uh, Talking Cursive. Yes, yes. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming down here. Thanks it's, for uh, having us. It's actually going to be a fun weekend because uh, you're one of four. So I'm recording like four podcasts, two today, two tomorrow. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, it should be pretty interesting. So lots of editing next week. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, really, I do have to do them... We were talking just before we started. You, you know, are familiar with podcasting and editing. You used to have your yeah. own podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like I've done them. I've banked them like this, like four in a row. You know, uh, my wife sometimes gets upset that I'm like down here every Saturday. <laughs> so at one point, I had the idea that I would I would record all four in a Saturday, and then I would have the month. So I was like, "Listen, honey, I'm only going to be down there one Saturday a month. I'm going to be gone." <laughs> At the studio. Uh, that never lasted. Yeah. Uh, I think I did it once. But what I found was if I didn't edit them right away, I would get to like that fourth one and something happened. Like the audio was off. The video was off, you know. And then I'm a month out and I have to call the person and be like, hey, come back down here. <laughs> that was great, but can yeah. you do it again? <laughs> Let's try and have another one. That happened with Steve Samuels. Yeah, we had to do his, well, we had scheduled it three times, but we'd, we had to record his twice. Same thing with Sam Bender, too, so, unfortunately. Yeah, we had a couple that were like, oh, that, that record wasn't on. <laughs> yeah, I actually did that once, man. Yeah. I just forgot to hit the record button. It was like 10 minutes into the conversation, and I, like, I looked down, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, it's been fun, man. You know, I don't know. Do you still do the podcast, or? No, no, no just no no time for yeah. anything. Well, and it was... It was uh, it was about two CW and they're, they're not in around yeah. anymore. So, right. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, a lot of, a lot uh, more work than, yeah, than you'd think for sure. <laughs> and really no money in it. No, 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 no. Um, that's one thing that like, especially getting like, you know, we've been doing it now. We start, I started the podcast like three years ago, but we really started doing episodes a little over a year ago. Now I think this is going to be episode 66. And, uh, anyways, like sponsorship money, you don't get paid shit until you've hit like a really big level. Oh yeah. No, we, we would get enough, uh, a couple of the years we got enough to like cover the website fees Nice, yeah. so that we weren't just like 
pain right. to do it. You yeah. know? It was like, well, okay, we didn't lose $400 this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like when I started a few years ago, that's how it was. You had to really know what you were doing. I used to do, when I worked, I used to live in Texas, in Colleen, Texas, uh, Fort Hood. And oh. um, so we were, I worked for this mega church out there and they had a podcast and every week, one of my jobs would basically be take the edited audio and upload it to iTunes. And there was like a lot of fucking steps you had to go through, yeah. you know, like I, every week I had like the notes that the audio engineer sent me on how to do it. And I would follow those. And nowadays it's literally like there's anchor, there's Podbean, there's all these companies. I don't know how they make money, but you just upload your audio file, type in your show notes and they distribute it everywhere. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Um, it also means there's like everyone has a podcast nowadays, so yeah. that makes it a little tougher. Um, but it's great. You know, we've got like, we get about a thousand people a week, like that listen or watch, uh, even if whether it's just like the clip on Instagram or download the whole episode or on YouTube or whatever the case is. So that's cool that they're hearing about it, you know. Um, but I'd love to one day be a Joe Rogan and have yeah. <laughs> a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that. Actually I was going through like, he's got 1500 episodes out. It would take me five years doing an episode a day to get to that level. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot, man. It's a lot of talking. It is. Yeah. So talking cursive, I was like, I was going through the notes like on your, like the about us on the website last night, which mm-hmm. I typically don't do. So, I mean, I'm not going to paraphrase it. Tell me, you know, how'd you guys get started in beer? Uh, it really was just something that uh, got my wife and I together uh, as, as, you know, something that we enjoy to do together. You know, after so long, you kind of start doing different things. And, and craft beer was something that got us uh, back together. So just going to breweries and that kind of thing. Uh, we were always in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And then our kind of real job set in and got away from that. You know, we had looked at uh, opening a restaurant before. And then mm. as we were getting to, into our real jobs and that, you know, 2, 3 a.m. close and all that was like, well, <laughs> maybe not. Let's just get yeah. back to our real jobs. Okay. That was a nice dream. Uh, and then, you know, craft beer and breweries came along and it was like, well, you know, breweries can close it nine o'clock yeah. <laughs> even yeah. on a Friday night you know uh <laughs> so what about that and then well we have to learn how to brew so we hmm. did that and uh so we took a bunch of courses uh with Cornell and uh, up in Vermont uh we did some hmm. training out in Colorado hmm. uh and it was just really you know what got us back together that's cool yeah. Are you from here originally? Uh, New Woodstock originally, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Casnovia area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, breweries don't stay open late. You'd think they, you kind of think they would, I guess. It's just, it's a different crowd and, and yeah. feel than a, a bar usually, you know. Um, yeah. I think we're going to kind of stay towards that. We had gotten a little bit away with the music and the, mm. the trivia and the karaoke and all that. Um, yeah. But it's more of a cool place to hang out atmosphere not like necessarily like the happening place where everyone's yeah. at and it's all packed and crowded which right now anyways is uh, right, you can't do. uh a whole nother <laughs> yeah. story yeah 
Um, but it's it's always been about like the atmosphere and just a, a nice, comfortable place to hang out and try some different things and and talk to people and yeah, you know, yeah, man, yeah. I can't. I don't know of any of them that are open late. Not really. Not really. I yeah. mean, there's a few. Um, I mean, Empire not, was back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and that, down in Armor, you kind of yeah. have to be, you know. Yeah, but I mean, they were also like, you know, majority a restaurant. Right, right. Downtown, that, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I don't, I can't really do the whole late night stuff anymore. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so it's not like I'm complaining, like, oh, you guys aren't open till two. Uh, I'm usually in bed by ten, anyways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's. Uh, you know, everything's changed. I mean, how was it for you guys? I want to get like, I want to get back to, cause I'm really interested in like the classes and like kind of everything, your education with it. But, uh, I mean, how was COVID for you and talking cursive? Uh, it sucked. Oh, oh really? You're the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're the first that said that. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, no, but I mean, I, and I, I think it's, it, it's also done some good things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's allowed us to take a step back and kind of relook at everything. And, uh, you know, we do have some other changes going on now as well. And if we were at full bore, those might be a lot harder mm-hmm. to implement. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, and we kind of basically broke it all the way down to it was me doing takeout beer and. Hmm. Patty doing a little bit of cooking sometimes, and then we closed the kitchen, and yeah, because that you know wasn't doing it. So it was basically just uh, me there, and then we had uh, our brewers, and they're you know just brewing beer and getting it out in cans, and uh, mm-hmm. you know so it was like let's get out on delivery, but we got to be back by four so that I can <laughs> <laughs> have the tasting room open for a few hours for, yeah. for it to go. Right. Uh, so it's just, you know, as we've reopened, just building it back and slowly bringing people back yeah. uh, and, and starting to build it back up. And, and we're about to take a couple more steps on that and, uh, cool. you know, have a few more hours, I think, uh, mm-hmm. starting maybe not the first week of September, but in the next few weeks, we're going to, you know, yeah. uh, have a couple more people back and we're going to expand our hours a little bit. Uh, we've got a lot of changes going on with, uh, the sales and the brew team as well. It's okay. a whole another story, but uh, a <laughs> big transition in those right now as well. And, uh, being, uh, slowed down, yeah. uh, helps us do that. You know, it's yeah. not like, okay, well, we can't brew for three weeks and, oh, we're going to be out of beer. You yeah. know, it's like, okay. And, We'll catch up, and hmm. yeah, that's going to be a little hairy, but we'll we'll get through it no problems. So. Yeah. Did you um, did you guys have a lot of business when it was like nobody inside, and it was only to go and delivery? No. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, there, there was some. Um, yeah. a, a lot of uh, a lot of our regulars, you know, just like we want to, you know, make sure you stay open. We're going to come and buy, you know, another like six more crowlers today and, and in two more days and that's cool you know just people doing their best to support us and that was awesome yeah for um, sure yeah yeah <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean just thinking yeah. back on the whole thing now i mean it's been march i mean now it's yeah. almost september it's uh if yeah like yeah our anniversary was the weekend before the shutdown you know oh, so it was really? like yeah flying high like okay they say the first year is the hardest you know let's see let's hope they're right and that you know within like four days it was like uh shit no they're, they're that's <laughs> awful <laughs> this is going to be the worst year okay yeah. uh yeah all yeah. right 
Yeah, man. Fuck COVID. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I mean, this sounds terrible and I'm sure well, you'd maybe you'd agree in some ways. I miss quarantine. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sucked. Uh, but there's some ways that I miss quarantine because it really did like for me, it gave me the ability to, and we worked the whole way through it. So, um, uh, and when I say we worked like, you know, my nine to five is at Gearhars and my wife works at a department of health and really like the first sign of it, her job, the, uh, she does like the nursing home inspections. They were pulled like out of facilities and working from home pretty much immediately. Yeah. So she never had anything. There's a couple weeks where it was like, all right, what are we going to do now? But, um, for the most part, she was working from home the whole time. Uh, and she's just started to get back into some facilities like a little bit for me at Gearhars, like we were sending salespeople to work from home, but I was in the office still. And I was really only out of the office for like three or four weeks, but still working from home, you know, uh, eat local obviously dropped quite a bit. Uh, we started before all of this, we would eat out like four nights a week for dinner. And I mean, I would eat out lunch pretty much every single day. Um, and now we probably eat out like twice a week. So that's changed. That changed a lot. Um, during quarantine, we went out, we would get to go like on a Friday night and that was pretty much it. Uh, but it was just nice to kind of have that breather, not have to worry about like, all right, what's on the calendar for tomorrow? Um, or trying to stay, you know, I wasn't trying to think of like, all right, what are we going to do next or anything like that? It was right. nice to just kind of chill. Yeah. And it definitely, you know, first year in business, you know, I, I probably had four days off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, so that did allow us, you know, like, okay, well, we're going to be closed Sunday. We're going to be open like four to seven. Mm-hmm. And with it being for the first month or so, anyways, basically just crower sales until we got some cans in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, okay, well, seven and okay. Uh, hmm. I'm the only one in the register, so what's it <laughs> supposed to be? Yep, that's closed. Yeah. And uh, I'd usually had, you know, not anyone in there for the last however long, so I'd already wiped down everything and just... Yeah. Uh, so it would be like 7.15, I'd be out of there. Then, you know, okay, well, now we're open again. Now it's 9. Okay, well, now... Oh, well, now these people are here till 9.30, 9.45, and now I'm still... It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, you get, you know, from 15 minutes after you're out of there to, like, <laughs> Oh, now it's an hour and a half, two hours to get right. out of here, and it's two more hours. So it's like, yeah. Well, now I'm getting home at eleven instead of you know, seven fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> During all of this, was there ever from any of like the governing organizations? Uh, was there ever someone that like called or like an official email sent out to you? Or I'm I'm assuming you speak for all businesses, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Was there ever like a phone call like, hey, Andrew, listen, as a uh, small business owner, here is what you should be doing in terms of like health standards and cleanliness. And also here's the uh, like regulations and rules you have to follow for how to serve and how to deliver. Was there ever like an official thing like here's your manual? Um, not 100 percent, but okay. um, so uh our chef Nina was still with us at that time. Um, she was a- a- initially after the shutdown, and she immediately reached out to Department of Health, mm. and they were like, "Thank you for contacting us." Cool. And you know, 
and she was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. What else do I need to do? And, yeah. and all that. And they said, nope, that's, that's cool. great. Uh, there was some guidance sent out from the county department of health. Um, yeah. you know, basically just trying to keep us up on, on that aspect of it. Um, the rules and regulations for what is allowed and not allowed is a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, and, and how that information yeah. came out and gets clarified and all that. Um, yeah. Certainly some challenges to that. Um, I, I just kind of always tried to look at it as this is challenging for everyone. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was some communication that could have been done better. But yeah. let's just assume that, you know, this is just with everyone's best interest in heart. Sure. And that because if you don't think that, that's a. Yeah, man, you go into it. You can, you can like, really get to let's a dark just, we, we are kind of all in this together, and let's just you yeah. know, figure this out. Oh, okay, that could have been communicated better, absolutely. And, yes, we're all frustrated and, and losing a <laughs> shit ton of money right now. And, you know, but, um, but everyone's been pretty uh, understanding with everything, you know? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, you know, it, I'm, I mean, I don't know if one, well, there probably is some industries that were, there's definitely industries that were hurt worse than others. Yeah. But I have a couple of people that I work with that are in like the wedding industry and yeah. they are, I mean, every single week, it seems like they've got something that they're trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's a pretty crazy fucking business to be in yeah. right now yeah. for sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, it's amazing the people, I was just telling somebody a story, there was a venue that they, this bride and groom, they had like put their wedding off for, you know, like four, three or four different times. Yeah. And they were supposed to have it on a weekend and they were going to have like more than they were supposed to. They were going to have like 65 or 70 people there. And the wedding venue was like, listen, fine cool, let's do it. We need your money. Come on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the guests sent their invitation to the, uh, state liquor authority and was like, Hey, this wedding's going on and there's going to be more than 50 people. There. Oh. <laughs> it's well, not funny. It's really sad, but yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, and I, I get that too. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, hard. It's a really tough position because in one side you want to be, you want to think like, screw that. These people need to stay open. They need this bride and groom's money, right? They have to yeah. put people to work and pay their mortgage. And on the other side, it's like, but you know, what is this going to do? Yeah. Like, I mean, most of the regulations aren't about the regulation. Like it's not like the cheeseburger is going to prevent you from getting COVID. It's right. the fact that <laughs> you're there. It's the reason that you're there mm-hmm. that, it, it, you know, it, yeah, I, you, you know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, it's man. just, yeah. Yes, it's it's one of these businesses isn't more likely than the other to transmit right. or this or that or is, if this is allowed, why shouldn't this be allowed? It's just trying to keep it down overall in the first place. Yeah. And bring things back as it makes sense. Now, does everything make sense? Uh, you know. No. Yeah. You, you right. Things like the the food thing, like Thirsty Pug in Auburn, like mm-hmm. they got totally oh, did jacked they? on that because. I don't know. I don't know what that story. So basically because they're, I mean, they're a bottle shop and they have a little tasting room with food. Mm-hmm. So because of that, they fall into the category where to get to go, mm-hmm. you need to have food. So now ah. anyone that's going there to grab a six pack. Wow. Needs to get food. Yeah. So that just doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, um, some, 
some of um, some of the regulations help people and not others. Yeah. You know, like we were saying, um, you know, outdoor seating. Well, yeah. there's there's places around here that have a ton of outdoor seating. That's great. Mm. We got three four tops right. on the sidewalk, and that's it. So. Yeah. You know, that didn't help us so much. It helped other people. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be, when you have measures like that, some people are going to be impacted more than others. And then it's just, you know, this is not going away. How are we going to adapt to it? Yeah. Because it's not going to be like, well, we're just going to ride this out. That's Mm -hmm. not going to, that strategy was not going to work. So (laughs) we, you know, we realized that very quickly and like, okay, this is Hmm. Not going to just be like, okay, well, you know, we could probably do this till June, I guess. And then at that point, I mean, we got to be open again, right? Like they can't expect us to be like this past June. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's uh, (laughs) August what? So um, it's how it is, you know, Uh, it's just trying to adapt and and Hmm. keep moving forward. Uh, You know, we went towards cans because it wasn't just our tasting room sales. All the bars and restaurants that we were selling beer to all are now in the same position we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we probably have two of those 60 accounts that are starting to get beer again for bars and restaurants. Really? Um, you yeah. know, and, and we focus now on the bottle shops and getting everything out to, to mm-hmm. stores where people can get us. And so we're like Elmira, Watertown. Uh, yeah. Yesterday I was in Barneveld and Ilion and New Hartford and Rome wow. and, uh, and Marcy, you know, like hmm. just we got to get it out there. We got to keep doing something. The tasting room is not really going to take care of itself Mm at 50% capacity, which is really 30% capacity because of the six foot rule. You know, we're not, can't even get to 50%. All right. Um, But that's fine. You know, we're kind of taking the approach like, yep, this is what we can do. Uh, If we have this many tables, this is how many staff we need. This is how much we can make or lose, and mm. that will work, and we'll supplement that on the outside and, and try and get money, you know, make more money outside of the, the tasting room for the next year or so. Yeah, that's cool. How far before all of this were you guys going out with the cans and stuff? Uh, really, it's basically um, Cortland and Ithaca, Auburn. Hmm. Uh, we, we had just picked up Watertown. Okay, um, that's cool. And that was about it. So now we've picked up, you know, Utica, Rome, uh, down to Binghamton, Elmira, uh, Waverly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we just got into Rochester. Um, That's cool. And, you know, we, we had a one place we were getting into. Now we just picked up a second uh, and a place in Buffalo has actually reached out to us yesterday. Um, That's awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, how do we, how, how do we make this happen? That's great. So, um, I think, you know, what we're doing is just keep moving forward. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we did a, a collaboration with Swiftwater in Rochester, which yeah. is uh, one of our biggest influences. Mm. Uh, when I was living there, that was, you mm. know, for me, the brewery that was like, this is the place that wants me, makes mm. me want to do this. And this That's is how cool. I want to do it. Like just mm. the styles, the, the whole thing about the place being a part of it and yeah. the experience being a part of it it's not just yeah hey here's some beer here you go you right. know and and these are our four beers and like them yeah you know it was like well let's try this what if we did this <laughs> and and just yeah. a, a great staff great food everything you know um so so to do to be able to do that and that that really i think helps propel us in the the rochester market like we're already seeing like you know like 
places that were like, oh, yeah, no, that was pretty good. You know, we'll we'll give you a call when we're ready to bring mm. you on. And yeah. now they're like, oh, yeah. So so what do you have? That's cool. <laughs> so yeah. so that's yeah. pretty, pretty cool from that. That's awesome. Is there a, is there a lot of money in wholesaling cans out like that? No, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, the margins um, yeah. on the product itself are low. And then you also need. Are they really? It. Oh, they're so low for, for cans. Yeah. Oh, for cans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah and, yeah. and then, so, I mean, if you think about like, you know, you have a, a pint for, let's say six dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be a $24 four pack, which. Yeah. Okay. There are some 24, four, four, but like ours, 18 to 20 is the high end on ours. Yeah. Um, you know, they start 12 and kind of go yeah. up to 18, 20. Um, but yeah, just the, yeah. And so now you've not only are you selling the product for less, but you've also had to bring someone into can it. You have right. the cans, you have the labels, you have the artwork yeah. uh, for the cans and all that, you know, and so those it's, labels aren't cheap. No, they're not. No. Uh, and then you'd got, yeah. So you got to, and, and with our model, like we don't have like, Hey, these are our four beers. So we could get, say like, okay, well let's just buy 30,000 labels. Right. You know, it's, we do a lot of small batch stuff and, and our beer is very personal and yeah. it has a story and uh, they're, they're all their own thing and they all need their own yeah. recognition. So it's, it's harder to try and like, okay, well, we got to, you know, well, we can only get, we're only going to get 50 cases of this and 40 of that. And yeah. well, okay, we're going to do this twice. So we'll get 80, but yeah, still at those levels. Right. For sure. Well, I mean, you guys are, I remember, you know, like IBU is now closed, right? Yeah. Or will be, um, which sucks. Uh, I've said that they were probably like my favorite, but I think that may be just because they were like the first brewery with Eat Local that I ever really kind of connected with. Right. right. And um, I mean, shit, I remember like two years ago being in there on like a Monday, Tuesday morning and the two mics are up there like hand canning and putting the labels on yeah. themselves yeah. was just that little canning machine, you know, yeah. that fucking lever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's obviously, you know, I mean, they're the owners, so their time or Mike, you know, but I mean, their time is kind of built in, but um, towards the end, I think they were hiring like that mobile canning company that you guys use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I mean, uh, Tim would tell me that he's like, there's no money in wholesale, like no yeah. money in wholesale. You know, you spend a year. He's like, you know, we ran out and sold however much money in beer and wholesale and then looked at the end of the year and we're like, oh, but we didn't make anything off of it either. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Because on, on top of the, the lower product, now you also have to have someone that's out there selling it and mm. they're driving somewhere to sell it. So you've got a vehicle, you've got gas and, yeah, uh, you know. Right. Labor and, and all that, you know, so it's kind of like, OK, so they need to sell this much per week to yeah, basically from the profit from that would be enough just to pay them. Um, but it also does get the name out there. Right. Uh, so, you know, now someone uh, is going to be in Rochester and see that and be like, OK, I'm going to try that. Mm -hmm. And then next time they're coming to Syracuse, they're going to go, hey, that was a good beer. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, with the capacity we're at right now, it's, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a wash, but, uh, 
you know, our latest can release, it was, you know, our best Tuesday in that's awesome. uh, ages, yeah. uh, you know, since shut down certainly. So, yeah. um, you know, I've got to say the, um, I've, I've, I liked your beers because they weren't typical. So like, it seemed like everywhere you went, um, which don't get me wrong. I love a, a good new England IPA, but everywhere there was like five of them and, one thing I really liked about your menu is that, like, I wouldn't just be overrun with different New England IPAs to choose from. Having said that, Bobby, Bobby fans are people, too. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that will be back. It's, uh, yeah. There's, like, maybe a pint left in the last keg yeah. right now. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I got a crawler of it the other night. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and excellent. then went home and got drunk. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, that'll be coming back um, later this year, early next year. It's, okay. it's definitely that, that one is one. Yeah, that, man. Uh, yeah, that one we will absolutely make again. So. <laughs> yeah. That was just, uh, I actually had it on... That I had, um, I forget where I bought them, but did I, I don't think I, I don't think I came down to Talking Cursive and bought them. Uh, Could have been a Fair Deli I, branching out. I bought them at Kasai. That's what oh, it was. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. Kasai was selling, you know, he was selling cans, and yeah. so I went there for lunch. And as I was leaving to come here to do the podcast with Steve, it was like, just give me those two cans from. And uh, from Talking Cursive, and we have them, and both of us on the episode were like, this is great. This is a phenomenal beer. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a it's a great New England IPA, but it's got just a little bit of that sweetness. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something I, don't, I haven't really had in uh, a beer like that before. It was a really fucking good beer, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank really you. good. Um, yeah. So you have this idea, you're like, you and your wife are coming together with, you know, getting into opening a brewery and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you guys have been in hospitality. Weren't you in the Marine Corps? Oh, yes. yes okay. Yeah. How long were you in the Marines? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay, yeah. cool. What years were that? Uh, 92 to 96. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Uh, in the Marine Corps. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got to see the world, though. Uh, I was yeah. stationed in, uh, in Okinawa, and I just stayed over there for the most part. Oh, wow. Uh, and... You yeah. know, uh, it, it, yeah, it was, it was very eye opening, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming from a, a small town in New Woodstock, you know, yeah. four hundred people, yeah, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my my third grade class was like twenty three or something, yeah. you know, right. like, yeah, uh, to seeing the world, you know, it's it's, yeah, 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 yeah it, sure, it was great, you know, yeah. but uh, you know, not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but uh, yeah. it, it was a great experience, and I I would never, yeah. Uh, regret any of it right there is um when i used to work in buffalo uh my territory for the company i worked at was olean like all the way down there so it was like niagara falls the olean was like north to south and uh a buddy of mine that i worked with had grown up in olean and so he told me he was like he was in the army and he was like yeah there's like this like weird statistic of Olean is like it was like 30 or 40 percent of graduating high school uh boys joined the army or joined some branch of the military hmm. and uh I was like really he was like yeah I was like that's crazy and then I got to Olean and I've realized why <laughs> you know, there's fucking nothing yeah. <laughs> you know I mean it was like yeah sweet um yeah there's nothing down there i think saint bonaventure is there but that's well, like, pretty much it you, you grow up you know like you're waving the flag you're in the boy yeah. scouts and all, you know and it, yeah just man. it's 
small town America. Yeah. There Little is pink houses. Right. Yeah, exactly. I always wanted to join the army. That was always, you know, I don't know if it was because I was like, uh, I was homeschooled and uh, up until a certain age, I really didn't do anything being homeschooled. And um, so I'd sit home and watch movies all the time. And so I grew, and of course, like growing up in like a Christian Republican home, like I was, I think like 13 and my dad took me to see Saving Private Ryan in the movie theater, you know, Uh, you know, so at a young age, uh, and dad wasn't in the army or anything like that, but like my grandparent, my grandfather was my papa, my, you know, my mom's dad, you know, he was in the army and, uh, cousins and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but nobody like really like in the immediate family. Um, but I grew up, I always wanted to join the army. I just would like thought about it coming out of high school and then I wound up moving and didn't do it. And then when I was probably like 22, 22, 23 was like, I owned a furniture store and that was closing. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And uh, I was like, oh, I was like, I could, you know, join the army again. And that was the closest I had ever gone. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had done it like three or four times where I'd like go in and talk to a recruiter. But that time I like went as far as like taking my ASVAB. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it was this really weird thing. I was like, I had a meeting to go meet with the recruiter after I'd taken my ASVAB to like sign my like intent contract, whatever the hell it was. And I had an appointment with him to go do it. And I showed up and the captain was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to meet with Sergeant to, you know, sign my paperwork. He was like, oh, he didn't call you? I was like, no. He was like, he had a family emergency. He had to go out of town. He won't be back for like a week. It's like, okay. I was like, uh... He's like, he'll call you when he gets back and you can sign it there. And I, just, I never heard from him. And so, and I was going, I wanted, I was an idiot. So I wanted to go infantry and, uh, I had a, thankfully a low enough score to join the, go into the infantry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I don't, hopefully they weren't ghosting me. That's, uh, we'll yeah. that. <laughs> I don't want to be like a nuclear engineer that like failed the ASVAB or anything yeah. like that. But, um, but yeah, man, so. That's what, uh, that was the closest I had ever come to. And that was about it. Uh, but my brother's like in federal government, you know, uh, law enforcement. And so he always wanted to do the same thing, you know, be in some form of military or something like that. It's, uh, it's admirable, man. It's fucking crazy. You know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so you're in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. and uh, were you married at the time when you went into the Marines? Uh, no. Okay. No, no. so I uh, and, uh, went through a few years of college, not completing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went to, one of my buddies was a senior in high school, and uh, so he was going to the recruiter, and he's like, oh, come on down. And I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> well, all right, you know, and yeah. And then kind of figured, okay, well, I can make this much, and I can save all this money because I'll just be, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, did the analysis on it. Seemed like the, the right thing to do. It was, you know, certainly something, you know, like I said, you know, you grow up in a small town, all patriotic right. like that. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- Marines. Absolutely. You know, oh, like if yeah, you're going to yeah. do it, let's do the best. All right. You know, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So. There- so, yeah, no, I was not married at the time. Um uh, my wife and I have known each other f- since about four years after I got out. Okay. Uh, we just got married like th- f- 2016. It's 2024 years. Oh ago. wow! Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it really is like uh, it's it's pretty easy to like get swept up into the whole thing. I mean, my cousin Ryan, who joined the Marine Corps when he was in high school, he's like beginning of a senior year. He signed up for it. And uh, I just remember like the two like two of the recruiting Marines would come to like all of his high school events, like senior night and like homecoming and all that kind of stuff, like the homecoming basketball right. game. You know, you'd see these two Marines dressed in their fucking dress blues, you know, yeah. standing there and it'd be like, oh, my God, you know, there's something about that for sure. Yeah. 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 I wonder if a lot of people signed up for the military during COVID. Oh, Don't know. yeah, I should. Yeah, that's that'd, that'd be an interesting. That would be an uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. Um, all right. So, you know, so you're in the Marines. Get out. What do you do from there? Uh Came back here, got into, you know, more restaurant jobs. I lived over there for a while, uh, mm. working at a restaurant in Japan. Uh, long story <laughs> short, uh, uh, got deported, ended up in the Philippines, got married there, came back here. Wow. Uh, yeah. Hold on. All right. I don't need the details, yeah. but... All right, so you're in the, you're in the uh, Marine. Wor- working without a visa. It wasn't anything like you know no, evil yeah, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you like got deported for like drug trafficking. No, no, or something. no, no. Yeah, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Just working without a visa. Yeah, in uh, in Japan though. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All right, so you go from they there. frown on that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> How long were you there working without a visa? Uh, about six months. Wow, that yeah. long. Yeah, no, and we were working on a plan, like, there was the, uh, the, the, the marriage plan, there was, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the job on base plan that mm-hmm. would then yeah. allow me to stay there, and, uh, and mm. then uh, something happened, somebody called somebody, and someone figured something out, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, I'm, it, it was kind of like this with a big window in the front, except, like, double this windows in front, okay. and all of a sudden, there's, like, guys in suits coming from all directions oh, wow. <laughs> walking towards and I'm like, well, that's odd. Uh, okay, uh. <laughs> you Andrew Brooks? Yes. <laughs> Did you learn? I mean, you were, so you were, how long were you in Japan and the core? Uh, four years, basically okay. well, about three and a half. Wow. So then most of it, that's and, a long time. And then to be. a little bit longer. Yeah. Were you at the, like, there's one base over there, one Marine base or, uh, there's, there's a few, uh, I okay. was stationed at camp Courtney. There are uh, a few other yeah. bases there as well. Yeah. That's pretty wild to be there that whole time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely an experience. Did you learn how to speak Japanese? Pretty well. Uh, I yeah. mean, en- enough to like go out in town in order now on, on Okinawa, most of the places, you know, most people speak English also. Oh, really? Um, that's cool. Yeah. 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 So, so you don't necessarily have to go to learn it all, but if you, right. if you want to be out in town, I mean, it's just, it's their country. Yeah, you for know, sure. Like you, <laughs> yeah. Right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I almost moved to Beijing at one point mm. when I was living in Texas. I had this weird, because I was working at that church. I heard about this like American missionary that was in Beijing. And, uh, this is a really fucking weird story, but <laughs> he was, um, I think it was from Philadelphia originally. Anyways, he was extremely large. I mean, this guy weighed like 450 pounds. He was a huge fucking white dude living in Beijing <laughs> and you couldn't be in Beijing. You couldn't be in China 
and be an ov- like be there overtly as a missionary. So you had to be there for something else. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. like, and so um, he had set up basically this front in China to start a school to teach English, you know, to like mm-hmm. students. And apparently like people paid like in China, they paid a lot of money for their kids from like kindergarten through high school to learn how to speak English really, really well. Yeah. And so he had this business doing that. And so what he would do, and he wound up starting a church over there. And so what he would do is he would bring, um, basically like American Christians who wanted to come over and be missionaries in Beijing. They would have to get a job as a ESL teacher first and then get over there. And they would basically like work during the day. They, they might be like an in-home private tutor at a school, all this kind of stuff. And so I was considering doing it. I even had like a couple like video interviews with like principals of schools over there. Um, and uh, like one of the big things was like I had like a little bit of a bigger beard at the time. And I mm. guess that's like super frowned upon uh, in China to have a beard. It's like super aggressive if you have a beard. So, <laughs> um, But it was kind of cool because like if you were in China, you could go into Mongolia and you could go, so they would take like these mission trips from China into Mongolia, and they would try and like you know spread the good message, right? Um, but the only way that you could do it is you couldn't go there as a like on a mission trip into Mongolia. You only go there as like a front to feed the poor, and uh, you could like go there and like have like a soup kitchen or like have like a do whatever work in like their you know feeding lines whatever the hell you call them Mm -hmm. and you were allowed to like pray under your breath while you were doing it but like they would do that as their mission trips Mm -hmm. i came pretty close to moving over there and uh like pretty like uh i won't say it like the last second like i was about to board the plane but i was pretty into it and uh then i was like yeah something doesn't feel right about this so (laughs) i'm not doing it it was probably for the better uh um but anyways the weird part of it is because he was like this really large American, he was like an attraction in Beijing. And so he was on <laughs> he was on all of these like Chinese television shows, like their like variety shows and shit like that. And he was like I forget exactly the translation, but it was basically like the big white or like the big dancing like big american dancing preacher because his <laughs> shtick was that he would like sing all these christian songs but he would like dance while he <laughs> so if you can just imagine on like chinese like variety shows yeah, right yeah, I, uh, you got that in your head right oh, yeah okay yeah. now put this 450 pound american dude pastor who's singing like songs about God and dancing at the same time. Yeah. Like you have that image in your oh, head. Yeah. 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 So that's what this dude was. And so I don't know what it was, but like, I wound up not doing it. Yeah. I could have been, you know, him, I could have been the like next dancing <laughs> preacher. Yeah. People are going to be listening to that story on this podcast and be like, what the <laughs> fuck are they talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did not move to Beijing. So. <laughs> <laughs> now it's you know it's it's good to get out and see the world. Though, yeah, you know, um, yeah, just in in general. I we don't travel a lot, but like uh, one thing, COVID. Like I had this thought uh, like during quarantine, 
Um, we went to Hawaii in February. I've been trying to convince my wife to move back or to like move to Hawaii uh, ever <laughs> since. And she's never going to do that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but I'm always like, I just want to fucking go back to Hawaii. There was like, I've never felt mm. more peaceful and at ease and like, you know, I mean, rum and pineapple juice and the fucking beach out there, man. I mean, I can't think of anything better. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of times during quarantine, I was like looking at plane tickets. I was like, look how cheap these fucking plane tickets yeah. are. <laughs> but you can't go like because you'd have to quarantine there for two weeks. And yeah. then and there was just that kind of feeling of I was like being boxed in. There's a couple of days there. Where I was like panicking, like we can't leave. We can't get out yeah. of here. <laughs> So now everybody's traveling to like the Northeast New England for their vacations. Yeah. So yeah, man, but it's important to get out for sure. Definitely. You know? Definitely. I mean, just to, I mean, honestly, even heading to like Buffalo, you yeah. know, especially for somebody in our industry to see what others are doing out there. I can't get over since we switched to eat local New York and I started following all these other restaurants and breweries all over the state. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how many large like well-known breweries existed in Buffalo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I would have thought they were national companies. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, like Rochester's probably two to four years, uh, ahead of Syracuse mm. and, and Buffalo's, you know, two to four years ahead of them as far mm. as like breweries coming up and, and just where, yeah. where, where the scene is at. Um, but we're, you know, on, uh, overall, I think on the rise, you know, there's, yeah. uh, you know, it's always sad to to see some places close, but in any uh, industry, that's going to happen, especially when you you know throw a pandemic into it as well. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, so it's it's I it's not you know like failed businesses. It's right. just you know circumstances and things like that. And even yeah. if you look at some of the other ones, uh, you know, around and and what the the actual reasons are. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, more often than not, it's just circumstances and things like that. Um, yeah. But I think the what's coming out there, you know, there's more and better breweries uh, coming mm-hmm. to this area. And, and we'll just end up, you know, being yeah one of those places where like, oh, yeah, you got to go to Syracuse and you got to go to boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the better we all are together, yeah. uh, you know, it's still an industry where people are trying it for the first time uh-huh. uh, and, and things like that. So if they go to a brewery and the beer's not good, they're going to go, oh, see, I told you I didn't like craft beer. Yeah. And then don't give anyone else a chance. So we want everyone to be better. And, and most people in the industry, I, you know, right. feel the same way. Like there, there's a very, we, we're all helping each other out. Like when this started, mm-hmm. uh, we have a group, the Snowbelt Collective, and mm-hmm. it's all the brewers in the area. And mm. everyone's on there like, okay, what are you hearing? What's going, what's oh, working cool. for you and all this. And, you know, Hey, we need this. Do you, does anybody have any of this? It's all, that's awesome. you know, it's, it's a, a great community and, and there's a lot of collaboration yeah. uh, behind the scenes that we all, you know, help each other out with things. That's great. Um, I mean, you know, like Isaac uh, from middle ages, he's mm-hmm. down at our place all the time, you know, like mm-hmm. we need something. He's like, yep. What do you need? I'll bring it down. That's, that's $4,000. You don't need to buy that. Let me bring that down tomorrow for you to use. That's cool. You know, uh, hmm. just an ideas and yeah. best practices and, you know, well, what if you did this? And, you know, yeah. we just help each other out all the time. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great community. Can you get better, like, like for your beer, is there, uh, 
Like if I, if I, if I tried uh, Bobby fans or people too in like two years, would it taste different? Like, like through like your process of learning how to make beer or is it like the best it's going to be? Uh, I think every beer is a little bit different on that scale. Like there's mm-hmm. some that I think like we just nailed the first time out. Like, yeah. uh, but at the same time, doesn't mean there's not like a little change I can try and make. Mm-hmm. I think, um, we're always trying to do processes better. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when we first started and, and learning the equipment and on this same scale and everything and, and getting everything to, you know, like a seven barrel batch, mm-hmm. um, there is some challenge there. And, um, so I think, you know, we had some beers that were good and not great. And mm-hmm. now we're working to like get those to be, you know, good to very good and very good to great and, and just keep going from there. Yeah. Um, you know, some like the Irish red, I probably will make very, very minimal changes to that mm-hmm. uh, ever, you know, yeah. whereas uh, like New England IPAs, things like that, the, I, I call them the hypeier beers, yeah. you know, like uh, those, A, the, what's hype is going to change. Yeah. And with something like that, there's, I think, uh, a lot of times you can always do something better next time. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby, specifically, I can't think of anything I would do next time differently. Yeah. But um, it doesn't mean there won't be some other process we come up with or like, oh, well, if we do this, this will increase efficiency and we can use this much less yeah. grain. Or But then your hop utilization is different because... You, yeah. You know, there's there's lots of, of factors in, in everything. You know, every little change you make changes little things along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, like we start doing water profiles and adding, mm. uh, you know, just a little bit of, you know, salts and that kind of thing oh, to it. Oh, that's cool. And, it, you, know, you know, like a very little amount uh, mm. makes a, a huge difference in, in the final product. So. Yeah. I was When we were in Hawaii, we were talking to the people out at um, – Jesus, what the hell is the name of the brewery in Hawaii? <laughs> uh, whatever it is. It's like a huge national one, right? Maui, I think. Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. And uh, they're in, yeah, they're on Kona. And uh, anyways, mm. like yeah. they were saying, because uh, they have, you know, they're distributed all over the country now. And so they have breweries in like Colorado and all this kind of yes. stuff. And obviously it's not theirs. They sold to a conglomerate, but. They were just saying, like, they have, like, a specific mineral pack that they send, you know, each brewery, you know, each location dumps in the water before they make that batch. So that way, you know, you have that, you can taste the beer in Hawaii or in Colorado, and it's going to taste exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and it, and that's something, you know, like, even, you know, I'll throw the, the Budweiser word around, you yeah. know, but, like, say what you want about that beer specifically, but... yeah no matter where you have it, it's made anywhere in the world mm-hmm. with whatever water they have there and they make it in some yeah. interesting places, yeah, uh, for you sure. know, yeah. uh, that, you know, maybe wouldn't be known for the best quality of, of right. water and that kind of thing. And whatever they get, it's, it's wherever that beer is made, it tastes exactly the same. Yeah, for sure. Not that that's good, but right. it's exactly <laughs> the same. I mean, the, the, the science that they have brought to yeah. that, that we use every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. something to be said about that. There's a reason they do things the way they do. Right. I was having that conversation with Steve Samuels a little bit, just about like somebody in food and beverage, you have to be on your game every single night because you know, if I go into work and have a bad day and I don't get as much done, like who cares? 
I mean, my boss does, but other than yeah. that, who cares? <laughs> um, but if you're a chef, if you're making beer, if you're making somebody's food and you go in and you have a bad day, I mean, that's somebody's eating that. And so there's people who like that one rough experience. They're not coming back. Right. Um, so it is a very different story. And that's honestly, it's like the thing I hate. We just, we went to a restaurant for lunch this week and the thing that I get there all the time was terrible. It was so incredibly bad. It just tasted old. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, I'd say it's like 30% of the time it's off. It's just so inconsistent. So I really do like that, that, you know, if I'm going to go get this at this place, it's going to be the same freaking thing every right. time, right. you know? Um, that's why I drink a lot of Bud Light. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming down, man. You yeah, know, yeah. I really thanks appreciate it. Me. Yeah. So where can people find you? Uh, you know, right now, um, you know, at, at our tasting room, mm-hmm. uh, around town. Um, gosh, I should have been prepared for this. Uh, no, I know right. branching out, uh, fair deli Mart are the yeah. are two of the bigger stores that, uh, were in around here. Um, Fair Deli Mart's on the card, and they surprisingly have a lot of craft beer out oh, there. Oh, they do. They've they got do. a great selection. Absolutely, and, and some great sandwiches as well. They've yeah. uh, a headache, Reuben. I, yeah. Oh, that is yeah, man. Crazy good. Yeah, they're good people out there. Definitely, so, definitely. Well, get down to Talking Cursive. You can't try Bobby fans or people, too. Probably not. <laughs> but there's some. There's plenty of other good beers. Peter's Boat Beer is another one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll probably be back next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, shit. I just yeah, everything, two beers that every, everything got, uh, yeah, this yeah. year, everything got thrown out. The whole schedule's thrown out of the water. Like, yeah, no, yeah. we're not going to have time to get an Oktoberfest in, are we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was that really, uh, the second, I mean, you don't know what beer we had, but it was, it was very, as my friend Trey described it, very dank tasting. It was an IPA. Hmm. And it wasn't Bobby fans. Uh, there was a how you doing that we that had that it. just came off also. Yeah. We're just like in the middle of switching them all out. <laughs> just <laughs> get the down there and get yeah. it. Just say, ask for a beer. Yeah. There yeah. There's plenty of good ones. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Well, thank you for checking out the podcast, everybody. You're great. I love you. Thank you for listening or watching. If you're on, well, you're not going to be listening to this. If you're on YouTube, thank you for checking out the podcast. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on. It just means that you will be updated the moment a new episode drops. And I have news for you. We have some amazing episodes that we've just recorded. Can't wait to get them out. And don't forget to leave us a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast. It means so much to the podcasting platform, the podcaster. That's me. When you leave reviews, it's the lifeblood. It's the currency of the podcasting world. So leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the local New York podcast. That's it. We're going to catch you at the next episode of the local New York podcast. I know how it feels to be lonesome. Spend most of my days having no one. Dreaming you were out there shining in. So hoping that they find someone Baby, I hope I find you
something true just another lie Cause I don't want to waste all of your time Break your heart Baby, I just might Cause I know how it feels To be lonesome Spend most of my days Having no one Dreaming you were out there Shining in Lonely soul Hoping that they find some 